Do not settle for less than a 10. If you're a guy and you're dating or you're thinking about getting into a relationship and you're not dating 10s, stop right there where you're at. You need to be dating 10s and only 10s. But what is a 10? That's a great question. You know, one of the questions that often comes up for me in coaching men is this idea of what should I look for in a woman? What should I look for in a partner? And today I want to talk about what is a 10, because if you're not dating 10s, well, anything you settle for is going to be exactly what you get. So if you settle for a eight, you're going to get an eight. If you settle for a six, you're going to get a six. If you settle for a four, you're going to get a four. But you also have to be aware of how you are a 10, because if you're not a 10, then you're not going to attract 10s. Not only do you not want to date less than a 10, you do not want to be less than a 10 yourself. And today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about exactly what is a 10. And certainly it's beauty, attractiveness on the outside, but there's a hell of a lot more you got to look for than just the trappings on the outside. So today I'm going to give you my top 10 things for you to look for in a partner and for you to be in yourself so that you can never date less than a 10. But before we talk about that, I want to remind you to please like, subscribe, and share this video if you find it helpful at all. I appreciate everybody who takes the time to just click that button. So click it. There you go. All right, thanks. Let's move on. Now you may be saying to yourself, Chuck, I can't date 10s. A 10 would never go out with me. And I want to argue that you're actually wrong because what a 10 is for you and what a 10 is for your friend and what a 10 is for me are completely different. Being a 10 is subjective. The most important thing that you want to be able to do in order to attract a 10 is to be a 10. I always tell my guys, in order to attract a unicorn, you got to be a unicorn. So these things that I'm about to share with you are just as important for you to look at within yourself so that you can be a 10 and go out and attract 10s. Number 10 is physical attractiveness. I'm not going to lie. You need to have physical attractiveness. If you're not feeling physically attracted to the person you're with, it doesn't matter really how much you like them. You're just going to have that sexual chemistry. And it's a really important part of staying connected with each other. Now, listen, I know looks fade. I'm not nearly as handsome as I was, you know, 20 years ago. But looks are important. And if you want to attract an attractive woman, you need to be an attractive man. You need to be well-groomed. You need to dress well. You need to take care of yourself. If you want a woman who dresses well, takes care of herself, then you've got to do the same thing. So don't be a couch potato. Go out there. Get some nice clothes get a haircut, and be the most attractive version of yourself that you can be. Number nine is how does she feel about sex? Now, when you first start dating somebody, there's just sex all over the place. You're getting laid more than you ever had, and it feels wonderful and it's amazing. But the truth is that's not sustainable over a long period of time. And this is one of the reasons why you want to date someone for an extended period of time so you can really check out and understand who this person is. Because in the beginning, we're all putting on our best front. How does she feel about sex though? I mean, when you bring up sex, the topic of sex, does she shame you? Does she shoot you down? Does she change the subject? Is she uncomfortable talking about sex? This is a red flag for me because if you're not 
able to talk about sex and what you like and what you don't like without feeling shamed, without feeling repressed, long-term in that relationship, you're just going to continue with that struggle. Now you may think that after we get married and things are going to change. I got to tell you that that just, that just isn't the case because in my first marriage, we couldn't talk about sex and it never changed. And I felt completely shamed and alone when it came to the topic of sex. So you really want to be able to talk about sex. What would happen if you were to bring up maybe one of your darkest taboos? What would happen if you invited her to a strip club? What would her reaction be? How would she respond to that? In other words, would she be shaming? Would she think that's gross? Would she, would she tell you you're gross or shut down the conversation? Again, that's a red flag. Conversely for you, how are you about talking about sex? Do you feel comfortable sharing your taboos? If you're not comfortable sharing those things with her, then you need to do some cleanup around your own shame around sex. Because if you can't talk about sex now, you're not going to be able to talk about sex later. And I've got to tell you, it's an extremely, extremely important part of a long-term relationship is how you communicate about sex, desire, frequency, when, what positions, all of that good stuff. So be able to talk about sex because if you can't, again, red flag. Number eight is how does she feel about kids? Are you guys on the same page? In other words, do you want to have the same amount of kids? If you talk to her about children and she says something like, oh yeah, I'd like to have kids someday, you might take that to mean years into the future, but she might mean like within the next year, getting clarity about the children that you want to have or not have is super, super important. I've seen plenty of guys get married and then within a couple of months of being married, her biological clock starts ticking and she starts talking about kids and they're taken way off base because they were thinking that they would have a few years before they would start having kids. And suddenly she wants to start having kids right away. And in your long-term relationship, your children are going to play the biggest part in the quality of your lives. So get super, super clear. I can't stress this enough. Get clear on whether or not you want to have children and the exact time frame. Get clear on that. Number seven is how is she with money? Is she in debt? Does she spend a lot? Does she budget? Does she have a savings account? How is she with money and her relationship about money? Does she have an abundance mindset or a poverty mindset? You want to get clear on the perspective of her opinions about money just as much as you want to get clear on your perspectives about money. If you've got things in your life about money that you need to clean up, in other words, if you're in a lot of debt or that you're not doing that well with your money, Get clarity before you even start dating somebody, because I got to tell you that money is probably the biggest source of conflict within a relationship. And in the beginning, you don't want to bring up money. You don't want to talk about money. You want you don't want to ask how much she makes, and you maybe don't want to talk about how much you make. And if you're not able to talk about money in your relationship now, there's a good chance you're going to really struggle with it in the future. I remember a long time ago, one of my friends who was a financial planner said, that if he was ever interested in pursuing a relationship with a woman, the first thing he would ask was to take a look at her bank account. That seems a little extreme, but he had been taken advantage of. And I got to tell you that maybe that's not too far off. Maybe pulling a credit check on your potential partner or girlfriend isn't a bad idea. Probably want to get permission to be able to do that. But the point is that 
You don't want any surprises. You don't want to find out that all of a sudden you're in love with this girl and you, and she's got a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt that she's got credit cards that she can't pay because when you get married, guess what? All of that comes along with her. So get clear on money, both with yourself and with her. It's an uncomfortable topic, but you have to talk about money, just like you have to talk about sex, just like you have to talk about kids. In fact, those are the top three conflictual things that happen in relationships, sex, money, and kids. So learning to talk about those three things early on in your relationship is going to help you find that 10. Number six is about compatibility. In other words, do you guys like the same things? Do you like the same music? Do you like the same movies? Do you like the same hobbies? Now, everything doesn't have to be the same, but you have to have a good proportion of things to be the same. Because listen, if you're searching through Netflix and you want to watch Die Hard and she wants to watch The Notebook and you have a conflict around that, maybe it's because there's some compatibility issues there. This is again, why you want to take a significant amount of time to begin to investigate someone and see if they are the ones that you want to have this long-term partnership with. Look at the beginning of the relationship, she's going to pretend to like everything that you like, just like you're going to pretend to like everything that she likes. You might even go have tea with her. And if you're doing that at the beginning, she's going to expect that's what you do all the time. Just like you're going to expect it, that she likes the same sports teams as you and she's just as enthusiastic about the things that you're interested in. You have to take the time to find out truly if there is compatibility. The way I look at it is this, the 80-20 rule. If 80% of the things that you have in your life that you're compatible with, that's a pretty good ratio. If there's 20% of the things that you differ on, that's fine. You need to have your own things, the things that you like to do. But 80% of the things should probably fit within that we like the same things. So think compatibility. Are you compatible over the long haul? Number five, huge important one is what's her family like? How her family is, is going to have a huge influence on her. If she comes from a family where there's a lot of chaos, a lot of argument, but that's probably what's going to happen in your relationship in the long term. How does she treat her dad? How does her mom and dad get along together? Are they still together? What are some of the patterns that show up in her family? You also want to ask about mental illness and addiction that's been in her family. She may not struggle with that, but if it's in her DNA, there may be a chance that it's passed on to your kids. And I've got to tell you, having a child with disabilities and having a, a stepchild who struggles with drugs and addictions has a huge impact on the quality of the relationship. And I'm not saying don't marry her because she's got mental illness in her family, but take a good hard look at that because mental illness, it's a bitch, man. It is. And you're going to want to have the best relationship you can have. And she may not be showing signs of any mental illness at all, but mental illness can come later in life. So find out, is there any mental illness? What's her family like? What's the dynamic of her family? That's number five. Number four, is there a history of sexual abuse in her background? Sexual abuse has such an impact on our psyche because sex is the place in which we come together physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So if we get abused sexually, it affects 
physical, emotional, spiritual well-being. And if you've been sexually abused, this is something that you're going to want to do some work around. You're going to want to get a therapist. You're going to want to do some trauma work. I would suggest even doing some EMDR, some trauma work around your own sexual abuse. If you are in a relationship with a woman who has sexual abuse in her background, if she isn't willing to get help and willing to look at those things in her life, big red flag. Oftentimes people will just try to shove sexual abuse under the rug and not talk about it because it's such a shameful thing. But I highly encourage you to talk about sexual history with your partner and for you to get clarity on your own sexual history. Because if you've got sexual abuse or she's got sexual abuse, it will affect the quality of your relationship in the long term. It will affect every aspect of it. You want to get healing around those sexual traumas in yourself and you want your partner to get that as well. And it takes a good long time. It's not something that can just be fixed overnight. It's more than just reading a couple of books or attending a seminar. It's about going and getting some deep trauma work done around that wound. Number three is know what her Enneagram number is. Now, if you don't know what an Enneagram is, it's a personality profile and it's based on a series of numbers, one through nine. And each personality profile is given one of those numbers. So you look at the corresponding number in the personality profile and it really is pretty darn accurate. By understanding what my Enneagram number is and understanding what my wife's Enneagram number is, it's helped me understand what's going on for her. When we figured out what our Enneagram numbers were and we compared those personality profiles together, it helped us understand our differences and understand our differences, not as strengths and weaknesses, but just where we differ in our personality. I'm gonna put a link down below to an Enneagram test that I really like. It's free. And what I like about this Enneagram is that you can also plug in your number and your partner's number, and it will give you a readout of the differences, the strengths and weaknesses, where you guys are gonna fall maybe into conflict. It's just a really great tool to be able to use to understand your partner and to be able to understand yourself. And by using this tool, it can help you better in communicating and understanding what your partner's personality is like and how you guys differ. Number two is, how does she talk about men in general? How does she talk about men in general to you, to her friends? Do you see her and her friends talking about men in a negative way? Does she talk about men in general in a negative way? Do they make fun of men as being buffoons and easy to fool and manipulate? This is a really great red flag to watch out for because the way that she talks about men is going to suggest what her attitude is about men in general. And sorry to tell you this, but you are a man. Now, she might say that she likes you because, oh, you're so different from every other man on the planet. Guess what? She's going to view you just like she does every other man on the planet. So what is her attitude in general about men? Important red flag. Conversely, what is your attitude about women? How do you talk about women? If you talk about women as hoes and easy and slutty, well, guess what? You need to clean that shit up, okay? You need to clean up what your attitude is towards women. It's a very, very important thing. If you want to be a man and a good man, your attitude towards women in general needs to be positive. Okay, here we are at number one. Are you ready? Drum roll. 
personal responsibility. In other words, does she clean up after herself? Does she follow through when she says she's going to do something? Can you rely on her? If she screws up, messes up, does she take responsibility, try to correct it? Does she apologize for it? Personal responsibility is huge because the opposite of personal responsibility is victimness. So if she's playing the part of the victim where she doesn't take responsibility and everything is everybody else's fault, that's going to be a huge red flag that you're going to want to watch out for because personal responsibility is a human quality that we all need to have. It's a sign of maturity. You want to be with a person in the long run who's willing to take ownership of their own lives, their own screw-ups, and they take responsibility for the quality of their relationships. Now, the same holds true for you. You need to be a man of integrity who takes personal responsibility. You don't blame others. You clean up your mess. You do what you say you're going to do. You follow through and you become a man who is trustworthy. So these are my top 10 things to find a 10. Make sure that she aligns with these 10 things. And if she aligns with these 10 things and you spend a good quality amount of time with her, more than just a couple of months, more than just maybe even more than a year, or I say two years, three years, to figure out if she is the kind of woman and you're the kind of man that's going to be successful in a long-term relationship. I hope you found this helpful. If you did, please comment, like, subscribe, share. I'll see you guys next time.